This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. The news from Haiti is not good. Seems like it never is. But for the latest, we turn to Amy Willens. She's written about the Middle East, California, and the Trump family, but she's best known for her work on Haiti, most recently the award-winning book Farewell Fred Voodoo. She's a longtime contributing editor at The Nation, former Jerusalem bureau chief for The New Yorker, and she's a 2020 Guggenheim Fellow. She teaches in the literary journalism program at UC Irvine. Amy, welcome back. Thank you, John. We always start by reminding our listeners why we care about Haiti, not just because it's a desperately poor country, but because Haiti had the first slave revolution in the 1790s, the largest slave uprising since Spartacus, inspired by the French Revolution, and it established the world's first black republic. It's been punished by France and the United States pretty much ever since, and Haiti, of course, is still in crisis. What's the current situation in the capital, Port-au-Prince? Right now, it's extremely tense. A couple of days ago, um, the people in a sort of downtown uh, neighborhood that goes from middle class to quite poor came out of their houses in the poorer neighborhoods and fought back against gangsters who had come in to take over that part of the the area. And they killed, uh, I think it was nine members of the gang. It's a very powerful gang. So this morning... We're speaking on Monday. A busload of armed men in civilian clothes was coming down uh, deeper into the neighborhood, presumably to avenge their slain members of... They bus jacked the bus. They got on the bus with all their arms and they came into the neighborhood and the police stopped them. Two armed policemen stopped them and they scrambled out of the bus, I guess. And the population knew that they were coming somehow. And the population proceeded to attack them and disarm them somehow and killed them all. 13 people, presumably all members of this gang, but who knows? And then they burned the bodies. There's a stunning video on WhatsApp. I don't know what's out on the American media, if anything. The videos show the population chasing these guys. Then it, they show the men on the ground. They seem to all be dead. Then you see a little man walking toward this pile of bodies with a, a jerry can of gasoline and tires are being thrown on top of the bodies, and then they light it on fire. And then you see they're not all positively dead. There's still some of them are burned a lot. Meanwhile, you can see the cops, two cops with AR-15s, standing, watching the proceedings. But the cops are really under attack from the gangs, too, so they're not happy. And there is a rumor, a very strong rumor going around now, that a, a government drone, which has never been heard of before in Haiti, so I'm a little reluctant to spread this rumor, but that a government drone has been watching the gang's movements and that they alerted the population to the Iran. Wow. The government using the people against the gangs because the government is so unable to deal with this. The AP reported that this the leader of this gang is accused of helping kidnap 17 U.S. missionaries in October 2021, and it's also linked to this assassination of Moise. President Moise, that's still a, an open question who killed him. So you can link uh, the guy who leads this, his name is Dijalam Innocent, which means vital man, innocent. It's just his name, but I'm just translating. 
he runs a gang, I believe it's called Timakak, which means little monkey, but it's kind of creepy at the same time. And they're the ones who've been creating havoc. And the police actually did sort of push them out of a richer neighborhood farther up the mountain that backs Port-au-Prince uh, recently. So this is all part of a kind of messing war between this big gang and the police of Haiti. The police are not winning, by the way. The police are not winning. And your article for thenation.com reports on an increasing wave of kidnappings for ransom. Yes. We are not sure why this is. There, there can be many reasons for this, but there's one thing that looms sort of large in my mind, which is that the Canadians, and to a much lesser extent, the American governments, have um, sanctioned a number of really the biggest machers in Haiti, the, the richest men. Uh, in Haiti, and then a couple of smaller ones, also Villa Minosan, I believe, and uh, another gang leader of a, of a very large gang. And so they maybe are not getting the kind of money coming into them, the gangs, that they are used to, because those are the guys who've been running the gangs. Yeah, let, let me ask you a little more about those. You say these gangs are not just gangs of the American uh, street variety. There are rich businessmen behind them? Yes, they are also uh, the biggest businessmen of Haiti. They can get things into the country that other people can't get into the country, i.e. arms and ammunition. And those big businessmen, one of them has his own port that he constructed. We don't know why, but probably to avoid having to pay uh, taxes to the Haitian government at the port. So they run these gangs to have control over turf and various products and transportation and politics. There are a lot of factions involved. And I think that the so the kidnappings for ransom are lower level uh, ways of funding these gangs. This brings us to the role of the United States and President Joe Biden. What is President Joe Biden's policy in Haiti? My theory is it's the policy of no policy because he doesn't want to have a policy because he doesn't want to be responsible for whatever the heck might happen in Haiti. And the Americans really, it's like the little firework in their hands every time they go near it. Things happen in Haiti that they don't expect because they don't know the country very well because the people they've been dealing with all these years are the big businessmen that just recently bothered to sanction some of them. So they're sort of complicit in the whole problem. Plus, they've been supporting this ineffective, really, it should be brought up before the court at The Hague, de facto prime minister, no constitutionality to his existence in that role. We are speaking of Ariel Henry. Who has proceeded to finish off the work of his predecessor, Jovenel Moïse, the president who was assassinated in the summer of 2021, of dismantling the entire Haitian government. 13 people killed on the street, and he doesn't go on the radio and say, this is bad, or this is great, thank you, population, for killing the criminals. Now I don't have to put them in our jails and bring them before our non-existent courts. I'm sure that pretty much everybody in Haiti would rather be in the United States. And I understand there's a new American process to get Haitians permission to enter. What, what's the story here? For some reason, it's called a parole process, as though they all were in prison, which they are effectively. It's made it much easier for Haitians. You'll like the list. Haitians, Cubans, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans to get out of their country. What it does is allow Haitians who have someone in the United States to back them to get out. 
Now, any Haitian who has someone in the United States to back them is already a Haitian who would be useful to have in Haiti when and if Haiti can get control of the situation. So once they all leave, it's like a brain drain. It's like encouraging a brain drain. I'm not against it because I want every individual Haitian to live. But it is a little bit of a policy of no policy. Haitians are very excited. There have been riots in front of the immigration building in Port-au-Prince for people to get passports. You have to have a passport already before you can get okay from the State Department. And I understand that the official goal of Ariel Henry and the United States is to hold democratic elections in Haiti within the year. This is the sort of thing the Americans love, you know, elections show a country is democratic. But is this really a good idea, given what you've told us about the situation in the streets? Of course, it's not a good idea. It's impossible. And uh, the Haitians have realized that the elections the Americans have been sponsoring for the past 10 years, 13 years since the earthquake, have not exactly been the most democratic elections. They've been fiddled and, you know, the numbers jiggled and Hillary Clinton putting her finger on the electoral scale. And um, and it's given us this just horrible succession of people down to the grave with Moise and then Ariel Henry, who's kind of below the grave. He barely exists to allow Haiti to go into this morass of, of chaos. For the last couple of years, when we check in with you, you've told us about a broad alliance of democratic forces called the Montana Group. And this is not because they meet in the big sky country, I understand. Does the Montana Group still exist, given all of the kidnappings and people going into exile? And what, what, what are the chances now that their plan might help? Well, they still exist. I'm sure many of them have been kidnapped and come out of kidnapping or not, but they still exist. And it is a, a broad organization. It sort of exists beyond the usual horrendous class difficulties of Haiti um, and color difficulties in Haiti. But, you know, it's got its elite wing and it's got its grassroots wing. And it's the Americans have been understandably wary of it because it's very democratic, <laughs> has too many moving parts and the Americans have not felt comfortable with it. So they haven't put their finger. Haitians hate it when I talk like this, by the way. But the Americans are so crucial to what is happening in Haiti, what has happened and what will happen. And it's not just the Americans. It's the whole core group, which is includes the Dominican Republic, but it's largely France, Canada, the U.S. You would say that they're the traditional enemies of Haiti, but they think of themselves as the traditional friends of Haiti, the U.N., and they need to come down on one side or another. They need to find a way out of this. They keep trying to push Henri and Montana together, but Henri doesn't really want that because the people he deals with don't want that because they don't want to lose the power that they have because he's a vacuum, because he's an empty cipher. They have power. You spoke with the former U.S. Special Envoy to Haiti, Daniel Foote, who resigned in protest against U.S. policies in September 2021. What did he tell you? Dan thought it would matter if the U.S. Special Envoy resigned publicly in protest against U.S. policy. Little did he know Haiti. Little <laughs> <laughs> did he know the U.S. and Haiti. I mean, he does. He knows everything. He said that um, the U.S. is holding 12 million Haitians hostage in Haiti today under Ariel Henry. We've talked about the Americans 
I understand that Russia's foreign ministry recently declared that Russia was ready to help the Haitians restore stability, and Russia was happy to train personnel. What, what's this about? Russians are so democratically minded. <laughs> you know, and it feels very cynical. Look at the U.S. They screw up so badly with their little neighbor Haiti to the south. They kicked us out of Cuba. What the heck? And we can help them. We can help the Haitians get away from these gangs by sending in the Wagner, as I think of them, the Wagner mercenaries. You know, I never heard of the Wagner mercenaries until about two weeks ago. They're mercenaries who uh, have been operating in Ukraine on behalf of the Russians and who most famously, and this is why John heard of them, killed some guy they captured with a hammer. That's what we need in Haiti, don't you think, Haitians? But, you know, there's a growing feeling of in Haiti that's always there under the surface of like, don't give these uh, anti-democratic criminals a trial of five years in prison and then, you know, appeal. No, just execute them uh, extra constitutionally on the street, extrajudicially on the street. There is that growing feeling because that's the problem is so out of hand. I imagine that the Russians offering to come to Haiti to help would get the Americans' attention. I don't think so. First of all, I don't think the Americans really think it's going to happen. As far as I can see, there was no response from the Americans. And the Americans are there in Haiti right now. There's no question about it. If you have a drone in the hands of the Haitian government, the Americans taught them how to use it and gave it to them, or the Canadians, or the French, or the UN. Someone did that. There's been certainly some advances in strategizing about moving gangs out of various places. And I believe that's also on teams of advisors, that kind of thing. But there's been no public display of support for anyone by the U.S. So do you see any hopeful signs for the near or distant future of Haiti? Well, I hate to say hopeful when it includes murder of people my son's age in the street and the burning of their corpses. But I think it's a hopeful sign. I hate to say it. I mean, I look at them, I see a, a young man running with fire on his bank and back. And I think my son, that could be my son. Mm. You don't know how they got to be thought of as a gang member or are, why they are a gang member. You have to keep your humanism alive here. But I still think it's good that the population is saying no you can't do this to us and putting their lives on the line really in the face of these people but i don't know how far that can go because if you're a person with a machete you might die in this in this confrontation and unless you have another 60 people with machetes you won't win and even if you have another 60 people with machetes some of you are going to die before you get their guns in so i don't know how how desperate the haitian people really are but they in, in the nation, you talked about the UN's recent appointment of a new independent human rights expert in Haiti, William O'Neill. What was that about? Uh, Bill O'Neill has been on the Haiti scene for a really long time. He uh, is a human rights expert. He actually knows something about Haiti. I'm, I think I think little things are happening in Washington that may, might matter. I think this is a really important appointment, I hope it is. And so maybe that's the Biden administration trying to sort of sub Rosa make a difference without committing itself 
to anything. And uh, I, I have a lot of hope from Bill because um, previous people there have not been very good. And then you mentioned another actor on the scene named Jonathan Powell. What's that about? So Jonathan Powell worked with Tony Blair for a long time uh, when Tony Blair was at 10 Downing Street. And then uh, he's become a sort of global maestro of conflict resolution. And he runs a, a consulting firm that does this. And he somehow, maybe at the suggestion of the State Department, was called in as like a doctor of conflict resolution for on the Haitian scene recently. And he put some people together to talk to each other, to try to work things out. But apparently Haiti has managed to also resist Jonathan Powell's medications and mediation. Seems like it's only worse. And I believe that the gangs and their masterminds don't want this conflict resolved, no matter the expense. Amy Willens. She wrote about Haiti for thenation.com, where her piece is titled, Soon There Will Be No One Left to Kidnap. Amy, thanks for talking with us today. Thank you, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.